Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, before we talk to Cliff Schechter, here's Stephanie Miller with a word about Omaha Steaks. Well, make home your favorite new restaurant this winter with Omaha Steaks delivered straight to your door. Have you ever wondered what makes Omaha Steaks so good? It's the aging process. Omaha Steaks aged at least 21 days. That's where the magic happens. Try these mouthwatering steaks in the Butcher's Best Sellers Package. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter that promo code VOICES into the search bar to save over 50% and secure exclusive pricing. Included in the Butcher's Best Sellers Package are four iconic fork-tender Butcher's Cut filet mignons, four ultra-juicy burgers, four savory pork sops, four kielbasa sausages, four rich and decadent caramel apple tartlets, and so much more. In addition to getting more than 50% off, you also get four more chicken breasts, four more of those delicious burgers for free. All you have to do is go to omahasteaks.com, type VOICES in the search bar, order the Butcher's Best Sellers package today save over 50 percent plus get four chicken breast four burgers from the company that's been bringing people together for over 100 years omahasteaks.com type voices in that search bar at omahasteaks.com thank you stephanie and now let the cartoons begin recorded live in the usa covering the whole wide world right on this is the bob seska show presented by bubblegenius.com From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, February 10, 2021, and this is the interview edition of the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. My guest today is a returning regular on the show. The great Cliff Schechter is here from the Daily Beast and the Unprecedented Podcast on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, sexyliberal.com and patreon.com slash unprecedentedpod. Today, we're going to recap the impeachment trial of Donald Trump so far, as well as Republican cowardice and how Fox News primetime hosts have managed to get away with helping to incite the insurrection and a whole lot more. Meanwhile, if you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe to our bonus content at patreon.com slash show. It's literally the best way to support this podcast. Okay, let's talk with the mighty Cliff Schechter. Yeah, see, uh, we're talking via telephone because apparently you couldn't turn off your cat filter on Zoom, so we had to... Exactly. I was trying to decide if I was going to go as a cat or Bruce Castor. They're basically the same thing. It's like the same level of legal representation, aren't they? Oh, man. You know, I think it was Bruce Castor yesterday who said Trump's trial belongs in criminal court, not Congress. He said, you go and arrest him. Well, yeah, come to think of it, why the hell is Trump still at large? That's a great question. Thank you, Bruce Castor. <laughs> He's awesome. Yeah. I yeah. want him to, to do all the lawyering for all the Republicans. As far as uh-huh. concerned. Yeah, um, yeah. Impressive, impressive specimen. I mean, look, you know, it's not shocking. They're, they're down to like, you can't even really say the D list, right? I mean, they're right. down like the W list. Mm-hmm. I mean, who the hell wants to, to lawyer for them? You know you're not getting paid at the end. Yeah, right. You're going to make a fool of yourself, and Trump's going to hate you no matter what you do anyhow. And I have this theory, Cliff, that most of what was said yesterday was dictated to those lawyers by Donald Trump himself. Either that, either he dictated it to them, or he wrote it down on Post-it notes with a Sharpie and then gave it to them, or had them mailed over. <laughs> Maybe faxed. I, I would say faxed, because he knows the mail doesn't work because he sabotaged the mail, so... That's correct. And he thinks the fax is sort of the most updated uh, technology. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, in all seriousness, <laughs> I, I really believe that Trump had something to do with the awful legal representation, the arguments that they were making, Bruce Castor and uh, the other guy. Was it David Schoen? Is that how you pronounce his last name? The guy that, uh, that I can make, I'm still going to make the Jewish jokes about <laughs> because I'm Jewish and I can get away with it. So I'm sorry. 
all, everybody who's crying and saying he can't do it, if he wants to pull his head back like a Pez dispenser, I'm going to make that joke. <laughs> and it's like that episode of Seinfeld, I get to do it, right? Remember the one with uh, Brian Cranston where he, he's a dentist and he uh, and, and he and he converts to Judaism yes. just so he can say all the jokes? For the jokes. Well, <laughs> well, I may not be a practicing Jew, but I'm still technically a Jew. So I get <laughs> to make right. that joke. Ha ha. <laughs> were you aware when you were watching <laughs> what he was doing, or did you have to be informed of the uh, head, t- why he was touching his head every time he took a sip of water? I had to be informed. I have no idea. Cause, yeah. I mean, again, I grew up in like an uber secular, you know, kind of family where I mean, we didn't celebrate anything for the most part. So, yeah. so for me, I, 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 I had no, I mean, not that I didn't have friends who were more religious, and I've been to ceremonies and things, but I, that I'd never seen before anywhere. It happened right as I was wrapping up my show yesterday. So I only was hearing about it secondhand on Twitter. I was like, well, very clearly this guy's got some form of OCD. Like every time he has to take a sip of water, he touches his head to, to prevent something bad from happening right. to him. There starts being this theme, too. I mean, you have to understand why people would react to that because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, this will sound like a joke, but not even joking. Like, all the, what is it the Republicans? They have all these strange habits with water. Yeah. You know, like Donald Trump needs two hands to lift a glass of water. Mm-hmm. Can't drink it normally. That's right. Marco Rubio chugs it like he's in a desert, you know, when, it, when he's giving a speech. <laughs> and we've right. seen enough Republican weirdness around water that just this just seemed to be the, the newest uh, – the newest version. It's like the new product of the year, you know? That's right. In fact, I observed for uh, many years during the, the Trump administration that Trump himself had trouble even talking about water. Remember, he was, you know, every time there was a hurricane, he would call it a water dump. And then uh, because oh, of. That's right. Yeah, and because the toilet stuff. Yeah, the toilet stuff. Like he can't figure out how the hell uh, you can get away with flushing just once. That now, because of the water pressure issues, you have to flush a bunch of times. I don't know anyone who has to flush a bunch of times or has to wash their dishes numerous times in order for them to come clean. That was just a thing he decided to talk about. Because again, like you said, I think they have issues talking about water. And he, you know, like with Puerto Rico after that hurricane with Puerto Rico, oh, it's impossible. To to get any sort of aid to Puerto Rico. You know why? Because it's surrounded by water, big water. Oh my God. It was just like one water thing after another. So strange. What is it? Like, I, I mean, I don't, you know, they're like the, the aliens from the movie Signs. They can't go anywhere near the water. Right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Maybe like, you're on to something. Holy shit. You got to get in touch with uh, M. Knight and ask him, is there any correlation between the aliens from Signs and modern Republicans? <laughs> Right. Well, and if you think about it, Mel Gibson was in that movie, and he's basically a Nazi. So I, I think we've got a working theory here. <laughs> but uh, I noticed hey, can this. Can I ask you something while sure. we're on yeah. entertainment? I, I don't want to take over your show, but okay. I've got to ask this because I know you're a huge fan of a lot of the same sci-fi, you know, the Star Wars, <laughs> uh, the you know, the Star Trek, the stuff yeah. that I am, mm-hmm. and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I just learned online that Gina Carano was an awful person. I had no idea. Did you know this? I knew that she had a rather um, uh, interesting Twitter feed that I I haven't looked at it because I try not to uh, cross the streams between my uh, favorite shows and politics. But I couldn't help but to notice today when she was... uh, making remarks about Jews, apparently, which, Jesus Christ, you want to get yeah. kicked off of a, a, a the most popular TV show in the world right now? Yeah, start tweeting about Jews and Nazis, but not favorable to Jews. I mean, it's just, it's madness. Right. I, I'm just disappointed. I mean, look, I'm not the kind, I don't, I, I see a big difference between news and politics yeah. and then the entertainment world in that, like, I, I, I don't buy into the whole, you know, oh, cancel culture, blah, blah, blah. But like when it comes to people who are who are in the in the business of representing us in Congress and the business of, you know, informing us in the news. Yeah, I do think call it what you want to call it. Cancel culture, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think we have to have serious standards when it comes to people lying or saying racist things, you know, you know pushing conspiracies. I don't, entertainment. I'm not like that. Like, I'm not calling for her to be fired. I'm not the per- type of person that does that. I'm not. I mean, folks can do that if they want. That's not me. I'm just more surprised and disappointed. You know, like this is a show I, I really enjoyed and I've tried to avoid that stuff too, but it came into my Twitter feed and I'm like, really? Yeah. We're, we're comparing new Jews running away from, she basically had something in there about Jews neighbors were the ones who beat them up. Yeah. Including and, children. You know, she said, then yeah. the Nazis did. 
and somehow that had to do with people being mean to her because she has right wing views, which I, again I didn't even know she had until that. Yeah. And then I was dumb enough to like click a little further and I start seeing some of the vote conspiracy stuff from her, and I'm like, oh come on, please don't. I know it's really I like upsetting. Your Deadpool too. Man. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Well, especially on a day two when Pedro Pascal defends his trans sister in a right. very noble and supportive way. And at the same time, you get Gina Carano apparently retweeting someone else talking about how, well, Nazis didn't beat up the Jews. As you were saying, Nazis didn't beat up the Jews. It was actually other Jews beating up the Jews, including ch- uh, child Jews. You know, this is like, God damn it. Right. And she's liked tweets. Uh, for example, there's one that she liked that said, America does not have a systemic racism problem. America has a violent leftist extremism problem. And Gina Carano liked that tweet, which is, yeah, I mean, I guess some people have rules where likes don't necessarily connote endorsement, but it does. It, I don't think she has that disclaimer in her profile. So, by the way, those of you who don't know, Gina Carano is a co-star on The Mandalorian on Disney+. And now there's a hashtag going around saying fire Gina Carano for uh, some of her Twitter uh, and opinions. And the truth of the matter is that she's... She's probably screwed now, you know, whether yeah. I want, I mean, I'm not defending her. What she's doing is horrible, but they were thinking of creating a spinoff for her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in addition to that, they were, you know, she was a big part of that show, I would say, oh, yeah. a decent part of that show. And, and, uh, and, and she'd already done these things and then she apologized for them. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any of this, to be honest. So that's a classic example. Here I am a big fan of the show. I knew none of this. Yeah. I learned about everything today because she then goes after apologizing to Disney executives and all that decides to go and, and do this again today. My guess is now they're going to can her because they're going to have no choice because a lot of people are going to call for it. And, you know, I guess she, she's too dumb not to, she brought it on herself. I, I don't, you know, yeah. what can you say? Well, th- I mean, case, the show. I didn't mean to get off of that whole thing. I just didn't know if you knew or not. I was interested to know if you did. Well, I'm so. glad you brought it up. I, I'm never afraid to talk about uh, Star Wars and The Mandalorian. I mean, I think it's the one of the greatest shows ever made. I mean, it's now in the pantheon of like my top five favorite TV series of all time. It is just, it is so great, even in spite yep. of Gina Carano, which again, I try to separate these things. I really, really do. But in this case, I can't. And I think they're early enough in the run of the show that they could either write her out of the show or replace her with someone who's a little less controversial. But uh, it's just a, it's a shame that such a quality uh, Star Wars uh, show would be, you know, would have to be uh, dragged down by this nonsense. Um, clearly, uh, very, right. very unpopular. And I agree 100% with that. Yeah. I, I try to separate it all out, too. There was one of the, you know, I watched The Flash with my kids. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys, you know, who, who now will not be on in the new season, who played the stretchy guy, whose name I can't think of, um, you know, because he made some bad jokes, eat or 10 years ago on Twitter, he's a comedian and he was pushing the envelope. And, yeah. uh, you know, I would be of the mind that he could, should apologize and, you know, give him another chance. Like I'm really not the type of person who, who, when it comes to entertainment, which I see is different mm-hmm. that, you know, where, where I would be like, Oh my God, they should be fired. But like and, you know, with her, she seems to want to be fired yeah. because she already went through all of this and apologized for it all, you know, to, to the Disney execs. And, you know, a month or two later, she's now back. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a shame because I, I try to separate it just like you do, but I think that there's just no way she's going to be able to stay on now. Well, it doesn't make any sense, not only from an opinion point of view, obviously she's wrong, but it also doesn't make any sense from a, you know, a career longevity point of view. I mean, does she really want to be blacklisted off of the most popular streaming television show in the world right now? Seems so ridiculous in terms of bad judgment. I don't understand that kind of behavior. It just doesn't make any sense. But I mean... Looping that back into politics, I love this nonsense, by the way, from Trump's lawyers, obviously, yesterday, not to mention John Kennedy during hearings for near attendance yesterday, uh, that because lower level Democrats have been mean to Republicans on Twitter, it's okay for the president to incite an insurrection. I don't know where they come up with this ridiculous logic, Cliff, but that makes no goddamn sense. There is a huge difference between what near attendance said on Twitter 10 years ago or five years ago versus what Donald Trump said in January to incite the first invasion of the U.S. Capitol since the War of 1812. Right. You know, and I'll admit, for full disclosure, I mean, Nira is a friend, and she's been on our podcast a few times. Yeah. And, you know, what? so I'll throw that out there, and, mm-hmm. 
you know, put that in the mix if you're judging what I'm saying. But, but still, at the same time, she said she never said anything violent. Never no. threatened violence. I mean, she was harshly critical of people, which I am and you are and other people are who engage in Twitter, you know, who are on, on there, but who don't take it to the point of encouraging people to do violent things. And it's hilarious. I mean, it would be hilarious. It's so pathetic. I mean, you know, one of the leading people, our, our literal pile of jello Senator Rob Portman from mm-hmm. the state, yeah. who honestly, I think is a pile of jello. Um, and, and, <laughs> That, that they can sit there. I mean, these guys that they can literally sit there. They they lack shame in such a way that they lack. There's such. I don't remember if I can curse on your show or not. So yes, I, you. I yes, you can. Curse away. Yeah. Let the obscenities fly. Such fucking hypocrite. There you go. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's it's just unbelievable. Mm. You know that that they that they can sit there. That Rob Portman, who sat there and you know for four years, said all the time when he was asked, "Oh well." I don't really follow Twitter. I didn't really see what he said. You know, I'm sure he didn't mean it or, you know, this kind of garbage Mm -hmm. from this guy who, you know, they, they did this about baseless conspiracy theories. He shared about vicious personal attacks against people while he was president, which by the way, is very different than being head of center for American progress. He did it while he was president Mm -hmm. and had a huge platform. And then he goes and he encourages us. So basically the same day, you know, we've got in the morning, they're like, oh, my God, you know, near attendance said mean things. And that had, that had, you know, that had such negative effects. And then that's what they we're talking about in the morning and in the afternoon. Donald Trump may have incited a riot, but I mean, you know, he said some things, but that couldn't have convinced anybody, even though all the people in the crowd are saying, well, you know, Donald Trump said we should do it. So let's go do it. Uh, I mean, like that, that they could follow, try to follow that logic. You only can be a Republican in this Congress and try and do that yeah. and try and make it that what Nira said somehow hurt people and destroyed the world. But somehow <laughs> what, what Donald Trump said had, had no influence and he should definitely be, be, be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why are people so fragile these days, Cliff, when it comes to online shit or even offline shit? For example, this is kind of uh, off the beaten path in terms of politics, but this is uh, regarding what happened on SNL Saturday night. It's culturally important. Politics, yeah, right? exactly. I mean, well, so, there was yes. there was a thing on SNL where Phoebe Bridgers uh, finished performing her. I think it was her second song on SNL Saturday night, and she smashed her guitar. And then was like, "Oh my god, what is she doing?" And I said, "Well, wait a minute. This is that's the most rock and roller thing I've seen, seen on Saturday Night Live. I don't understand why people have suddenly become so fragile that we got to make an issue out of a rock star smashing her guitar. I mean, that's as rock and roll as." Uh, Apple pie is American. I mean, it just seems ludicrous that this is the kind of thing that we're getting bent out of shape about on Twitter. I guess now we're in an era where everything is fair game, right? <laughs> well, that's the problem. I mean, and this is, you know, on the right and the left. It, yeah. This isn't just, as you said, it's not just about politics. It's, it's people that just get offended by everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I, you know, I don't, I don't understand it. I, I, it, it's not who I am. I, you know, so it's very difficult for me because yeah. I think I tend to believe in, in in joking about almost everything. I think that's kind of how we find our common humanity. That's right. Is that you know? But we've drawn these lines in the sand of where what you can't say, what you can say, um, and and then it seems to expand even further. As you said, I don't really think that there's any group I can think of specifically offended by guitar breaking. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but. And yet you're right. Like that becomes this big, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's just another effect of social media, which I used to be, you know, see in a much more positive light. And I see in a mostly a negative light. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm on there and I participate, but I just don't see the same way I used to. I, I, I feel like the, the people when they sit in front of a computer or a phone or whatever it is, they're tweeting or they're going on Facebook. It's almost like they feel like they're almost anonymous Sometimes they are, but sometimes they're even when their name and picture are attached to them, things they would never say to somebody in person. Oh, yeah. They kind of feel empowered to say and do. Mm. And it creates this sort of group thing, this mob mentality of, like, yeah, we got nothing better to do. Let's go after somebody for breaking their guitar. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, maybe the fragility was always there, mm-hmm. but when people didn't know that 50 other people or 5,000 other people or 50,000 other people felt the way they did, they just kind of kept their mouths shut about it. Yeah. And now, you see a few people speak up about it, and it's sort of licensed for everybody to complain about everything. 
Right, right. Well, here's uh, that's my theory. Yeah. Well, here's another example of uh, the modern fragility. Abby Phillips of CNN uh, reports that some GOP senators are melodramatically, quote unquote, not listening to the House manager's case inside the Senate chamber. It appears that this camp largely includes Trump's nominal co-conspirators, Graham, Cruz and Paul. Apparently, Josh Hawley is up in the gallery in the Senate chambers, I believe. Right, feet up on the desk kind of thing. Yeah, right. yeah, just not paying attention. It's like they're literally going, nah, 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 not listening with their ears plugged. They're just whiny diaper babies, every single one of them. My God. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is, again, the, the entire Republican position, I believe, especially on this impeachment trial, is uh, is informed by cowardice. I think these guys are, and and you know what? I'll say right away, that I think Mary Trump disagrees with me. I think Mary Trump is suggesting that they're not afraid of Trump and and Trump's uh, followers. They're just they're using him is uh, is her opinion. But it seems like it's born out of fear, like this uh, this inability to acknowledge the reality of the crime, even though they themselves could have been victims of it. I don't understand this attitude that says, well, you know, because we're all Republicans, it doesn't, you know, the the fact that we were invaded by an angry mob of insurrectionists doesn't really matter, and the, we got to defend Donald Trump no matter what. But it's it, it's really about those supporters again targeting them like they're concerned i get the sense that they're worried that those insurrectionists are going to come after them the next time this happens and uh i don't know do you do you feel right. the same way do you think it's that's the level of cowardice yeah, or do you think I mean, it's I, uh, something else well i mean i think it, it's you know none of it's mutually exclusive because they sort of embody like the seven sins and all the worst traits of humanity are now kind of glommed together in what's yeah. known as the republican party mm-hmm. so it's sort of are they cowards because they're scared of Trump and they're also scared of the monster they created that, that went and invaded the Capitol? Absolutely. Are they careerist, pathetic hacks like Josh Hawley and, and, and Ted Cruz who would trade democracy for power? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, are they shameless con men who have gotten to the position they've gotten to, you know, by lying and, and obfuscating and, you know, demagoguing and, you know, and, and getting, you know, hurting other people. Absolutely. So I think, you know, it's sort of hard. I feel like to, to pick out one or the other, I think you and Mary Trump could both be right on this. Yeah. I think there's various aspects of, you know, with some, it's more fear with some, it's more their careerism. I mean, you know, whenever you look at sort of studies in, in authoritarian countries, which is what the Republican party is an authoritarian country of its own, you see that, you know, some people bow to dear leader because, they want to move one rung up the ladder. You know, some do it because they think that it, the corruption is good. They'll be able to get rich easy. Some do it because they're scared because they're, they're cowards. And, I, you know, there's some combo of all of that, I think. To me, it's the intimidation from uh, the perspective of violence. And then it's also intimidation from the perspective of mere votes, knowing that, uh, you know, I guess they re- acknowledge and recognize that Donald Trump got 74 million votes, much to our chagrin. And uh, they want to continue to ride that gravy train. It just seems like that's the uh, line of thinking right now. That's the strategy in terms of why they just continue to backstop this guy and genuflect before him. It's, it's just absolute madness. But, you know, I'm still... Uh, shaken from watching that video timeline that Jamie Raskin presented yesterday. Was that the darkest day, Cliff, in American history since the Civil War? I mean, other than perhaps like uh, Pearl Harbor, 9-11, Sandy Hook, I'd rank it among the darkest, certainly in that pantheon of terrible, terrible events. What do you think? Where, where would you peg this insurrection in uh, American history? I mean, certainly it has to absolutely be up there, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would say what happened on the Edmund Pettus Bridge, you know, mm-hmm. um, with, with marchers beaten during the civil rights period is certainly up there. What happened, you know, with, with, with some of the suffragettes who were starving and beaten and in prison. I mean, you, you know, it's sort of like, if it, certainly if you're saying as a public, a combination of, of pure evil and also a public spectacle, um, it's certainly up there with any of the others you mentioned, 9-11, Pearl Harbor, those kinds of things. Some of the other horrible days happened more, you know, in private, in places where we didn't have cameras. But it's it's hard to say anything more evil has ever happened in this country. I don't think so. I mean, people were there. A lot of people, you know, folks who were there were, were out for blood. Mm-hmm. They were, I mean, you know, the imagery of all of it. I mean, beating somebody with an American flag. Yeah. I mean, if ever you wanted like a metaphor 
right? For not understanding where it is you're holding your hands when you, you know, I mean, guys losing fingers and eyes and, you know, all the ways they were attacking all of these police when these are the people been screaming blue lives matter forever. Um, I mean, they were, they were, you know, they like to judge who, who out there is civilized and often they do it by race. And they were, they were an untethered mob. They were a group of animals is mm-hmm. what they were. Yeah. No, I mean, they were the most base animals that, you know, you'd have to go back thousands of years in evolution to get to like the, the state of mind they were in during that period of time. Almost like the ecstasy. They're all excited. Yeah. You know, if you see those videos, they're excited, they're happy, they're, you know, they can't wait to hang somebody, right. to shoot somebody, to beat somebody to death. Like, that, that's, I don't, I mean, again, like, you, you know, maybe I, I'm happy to be corrected. I don't think much more evil than that exists in human nature. There's fighting over resources when you need food to eat, mm-hmm. you know, and there's that kind of stuff. This wasn't that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? This is like cult-like ecstasy. You know, at harming or you know murdering people. Right, and you know, I got the impression uh, and, once again that it's like it's like military cosplay. Like they were having fun doing the dress them up and shouting the orders, like they see in Call of Duty and whatever. They just they yep. love the uh, the role playing aspect of it, and I think that was certainly on display in the video. The other thing that struck me is just the overall lack of understanding in terms of how you create change in a democratic republic. How do you enact things that you want? to change in this country or in any democracy and it's not at the point right. of a gun it's not by beating up capitol police and uh you know seizing the uh the head of government and so on this is not i guess this has been a slow building process over the years cliff where they've just been slowly indoctrinated into the, the concept that uh enacting change at the point of a gun enacting change through violence through political violence is the way we do things here but i mean where are they getting that? Right. When, when was well, the last time that actually happened? I mean, other than in the revolution. Well, you brought up a few important points there, and I, hopefully I will, I'll address them all and I won't forget. But the coast <laughs> <Sorry>. aspect of it, <laughs> sorry for being so smart. You, know? <laughs> you just got so much stuff. Um, right. But you, as I know, because I know Bob, folks, mm. um, you are a Civil War buff, and I know it. Yeah. So let me bring up the fact that, like, you know, a lot of these guys have been dressing up in their little Confederate outfits, reenacting battles where they got the shit kicked out of them for years and mm. feeling like that somehow made them feel, you know, and then there's the militia culture that exists. You know, there, that to me, a lot of that is based on the, the powerlessness, the, the sort of internal weakness of a lot of the, and they're not always white men in different cultures that where the other groups are dominant. They're others. They're largely men, and we have to admit that. Yeah. And you know, the, but the, but so they love that whole thing because they're never going to be a hero like that. And it, clearly, they don't have what makes them get up in the morning and want to live life and feel feel fulfilled, whether it be family, whether it be their work or hobbies or whatever it might be. And they feel, you know, so because maybe jobs have left and they they feel disempowered. But to me, a lot of it comes from that because look, I'm going to guess that you're like me, and you can be like. If you're if you're not Bob, just say I'm like that fucking weirdo clip, and you wouldn't be the first one to say that. Trust me. But um, you know, I go into an Avengers movie, or like you know, I was watching like Cobra Kai with my kid, and after that, I want to karate chop the shit out of stuff for a couple of minutes, right? I'm like, right, I yeah. want to be fucking Ralph Macchio. I want Johnny Lawrence to come at me, you know. But that. That's like a five or ten minute feeling, you know. Rocky knocks out like the fucking Russian, and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah you know? exactly. You feel like getting him, or or you're James Bond, right? Mm-hmm. Like you see a movie like that, like I want to be James Bond for a minute when he like jumps off the side of a cliff and you know goes down like like in Golden Eye and somehow gets himself inside the plane. Okay, that's great. But then like twenty minutes later, you and I go back to our normal lives and realize we're not Thor wielding a hammer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're not Jason Bourne. Mm. Like those are entertainment. We enjoy those. I, 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 you know, I think you do a lot of those. I, I, I do. Yeah. You know, these guys, like their emptiness seems to motivate them to make that their whole life. Yeah. It's they funny. It desperately. Cliff, one of the first conversations I had with my girlfriend, Kimberly, when we first met was uh, we were talking about when we were kids and I, I brought up the fact that uh, I used to, when I was 
six years old or whatever, I used to pretend I was Spider-Man and I would, you know, I think, oh my God, I can actually crawl up walls. And of course it was all make-believe and so on. And I, I can shoot webs and this you is amazing. Really crawl up walls? I really honestly believed in my six-year-old mind that if I tried hard enough, I could actually do it. And then Kimberly responds saying, oh yes, when I was, I used to watch the Bionic Woman and then I used to run down the street in slow motion, like the slow motion running of Jamie Summers and the Bionic Woman. And this is one of the things that we connected right. about how impressionable we were when we were six years old but now we're talking about and this goes to what you were just saying about the insurrectionists and and some of these more radical extremist republicans they are so immensely impressionable and yet they're grown-ups they are chronological adults they are in their 50s and 60s in many cases they have grandchildren and homes and yet they are impressionable like children never got through puberty That's, That's right. the problem. Yeah. Like they're still yeah. scared of puberty. You know? <laughs> I mean, you see it. Like, I've got kids, and my kids, I would never say this in a negative way. My kids are 14 and 11, and mm-hmm. they're smart, and they're funny, and, you know, and I think they're great kids, and whatever. They're still kids, and they have moments where they get scared of things or that they shouldn't, or, you know, there are things that, that they, they, they're quick to anger at certain mm-hmm. things, and you're like, my God, that's the way all of these adults are all the time, and they're fucking adults. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're because they, you just you the other part of your question, what you said before was about democracy, and quite clearly, of course, they have a lack of understanding of what democracy is. Mm-hmm. The whole point of democracy is ballots, not bullets. Exactly. The whole point of, of of all of it is we would rather come together in a public square and say you're you know anywhere from with within the mainstream from like socialist left to liberal left, to moderate, to center right, to conservative right, and say, we're going to form coalitions, we're going to agree some of the time, the people that win power get to do most of it, but through compromise, we'll move forward. And, and if you're the ones in power, you probably get 70 or 80% of what you want. I mean, maybe if you have a coalition big enough, you get more. If you have a coalition smaller, you get less. Yeah. That's the way it all works. And the rest of us realize, like, outside of that is anarchy. Mm-hmm. Like if you know, and frankly, that goes that goes for the far left too. The difference is, is that they're not nearly as loud uh, or as powerful. But you know, like Jimmy Dore type characters. Yeah. That if if your whole if your whole sort of thing is no compromise, you know, the other side is pure evil, and everything we do, we're going to do. And by when I say the other side, I don't mean these, these some of these congressmen like Jim Jordan, who is pure evil. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying anybody who has different views from me. Yeah. You know, at all. Is pure evil is a sellout, you know, there's very Manichaean world, right? I mean, when you get to that point, eventually there's warfare. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's inevitable because when you, when you say that whoever your opposition is, is so evil, is the devil, is whatever, is, you know, then you're putting them in a place where you're saying they don't have acceptable views within a democracy to argue with, debate with, sometimes be dealt with. And you're saying that, that, Again, what's the end result of that? If you can't work with them in a democratic system, mm-hmm. we're going to end up in a war, right? You know? And mm-hmm. they don't, you know, and that's where the right is. It, they, the the sort of reasonable right, whatever you want to sort of put as that, allowed these other figures. You know, I mean, people like Jim Jordan I brought up before. I mean, John Boehner once called him a terrorist. Yeah, you know, and I mean, they knew what they were getting with these guys, and they should have stood up. I mean, 20 years ago, you know, but at worst, 10 years ago, when they had people running in their primaries, you know, having to do and winning their primaries, having to do ads, explaining to people things like I'm not a witch, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, uh, a, a rape, you know, when someone's raped, the body has a whole way of shutting that thing down. <laughs> that should have been a point for every yeah. Republican of good conscience. I think that was the 2010 Tea Party election. So I would say these people are fucking crazy. They're, they're not in the mainstream. They're not people that are going to be able to, in real life, to deal with the opposition, right? Because mm-hmm. they're conspiracy theorists and nuts. And, and that's not, we can't have that in our democratic system. Yeah. Well, d- uh, not to mention, too, when it comes to campaign ads, where you've got uh, guys like Rand Paul who are shooting legislation on camera. I mean, the entire point of their campaign commercial is, hey, look, that's the Obamacare legislation. Let's shoot it. And that is the signal that is being sent to all of Republican voters, all of these extremists, all of the military cosplayers and on down the line. They're saying, oh, oh, that's how democracy works. We shoot at stuff. I get it. That's the budget. Oh, my God. The budget is out of control. Let's shoot it. 
That is a, a serious I mean, crisis within. Said. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. It's perfectly said. Yeah. Like in these ads where they take violent action towards something, mm-hmm. right? Or impugn like the other side and say that the other side is. I mean, is is so violent. I mean, yeah. I get personally, you know, offended. I, you know, I see right now that. Obviously, we're talking about QAnon, and oh my God, like they've convinced people that Democrats drink the blood of, uh, you know, of of babies, and mm-hmm. which, by the way, is so related to sort of medieval sort of claims about Jews and Christian babies. I mean, this stuff all comes straight from the anti-Semitic playbook. Yeah. But you know, where were we? Where were they in the in the, during the debate in 2016, the Republican debate, where Ted Cruz stood up and said that he'd seen a video where a live baby had been aborted. Now, I mean, the fact that that person after that was considered to still be a serious contender for anything Mm -hmm. and not absolutely told to resign, you're accusing Planned Parenthood and thereby Democrats who support Planned Parenthood, who've worked with Planned Parenthood, of being murderers. That's what you're doing. You're saying they're murderers. And and that, that this kind of rhetoric around abortion started 20 years ago, but it got worse and worse. Now you're claiming you've seen videos that don't exist. Mm-hmm. Right. What happens? You may remember this, which is a guy walks into a Colorado Springs Planned Parenthood and shoots a number of people, kills them, muttering about no more baby parts. The exact phrase that that Cruz and, the, and, the, and his ilk used up on stage. Yep. And, and others were repeating in Fox News, showed this video that was purported, that was edited and bullshit. Well, I mean. So, you're, you know, at that point, when you're, you're not willing to speak out and say, we're, we cannot have in a democratic society people among us who are shooting things in commercials, who are accusing the other side of murder. Like, again, when you get to that point, you can't have a democratic country anymore. You can't mm-hmm. have civil democratic debates of any sort. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying nobody on the left is ever guilty but of this, but they're so pathetic when they're like, Maxine Waters said that you should make people uncomfortable. And that's just as bad. It's like, yeah, you know, seeing somebody in a restaurant like Mitch McConnell and saying, hey, asshole, is definitely as bad as storming the fucking Capitol. Oh, yeah. Well, the, you know, the, I mean, the big the big. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I was done. I mean, I'm just making that they're trying to make those equal things is just ridiculous oh yeah yeah well the the big difference between the republican party and the democratic party right now is the democratic party has its own number of crazies uh on the fringes but the difference is those crazies aren't running the democratic party the crazies on the republican side are absolutely running the party we just had one of them leave the presidency just uh last month so this is not uh any sort of equivalency between those two things but i want to go back to uh fox news you mentioned fox news channel how the hell did Fox News primetime hosts escape accountability for helping to incite the insurrection? How did they manage to sidestep all of the comeuppance that came down after the 6th? No, I mean, that's, a, that's an excellent point. I don't know what the answer to that is, right? I mean, yeah. anybody who advertises at this point with Ingram or Hannity or whatever should be ripped to shreds. Right. Anybody who sits on the board at, at, at News Corp or has anything to do with it should be ripped to shreds. Investors major investors, hedge funds, whatever, like there could be no quarter for them. They can't be accepted, you know, in, in our in our society where we're going to go around and say, hey, you're a member of a respectable society. It's okay that, you have, that you know, you're making money off of a company that's out there mm-hmm. inciting riot and leading to murder. I mean, you can't let the, when that, that, that to me, frankly, is what people like Maxine Waters were saying, and I agree with, Yeah, which is, you know, don't don't allow people like that to just slip right into their country clubs and their whatever and, and, and sort of dodge the, the you know, the, the repercussions of their actions. Mm-hmm. Make it so everybody knows what they did. Make it so that their lives aren't so cushy. Yeah. You know, and 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 that's I mean, that's the thing. That's what we're, we're, we're dealing with with them right now. Mm-hmm. It's it's I mean, uh, in any case, the, to, to really just answer the original part of it. I don't know because Sean Hannity and, and Tucker Carlson seem to dodge everything. Lou Dobbs gets kicked off, yeah. you know, to do Depends commercials or whatever the hell <laughs> they'll be doing next. Um, when, 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 you know, when he's sharing these conspiracies that lead Smartmatic to sue yeah. Fox and Fox Business, rightfully so. But I, I mean, I haven't, I don't watch Fox, thank God, and I don't work for a place like Media Matters, so I don't make myself watch it to the point of. You know, being like, what's his name? And Alex in a clockwork orange, right? To fucking mm. pin my eyes open so I don't, you know. And, and and so I don't know, but I mean, I'd be 
pretty shocked when I see clips on Twitter that pop up, whatever, if Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity weren't sharing all this crap just as much, you know, as Lou Dobbs was. Yeah. So it's interesting. He's the one that takes the fall on this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay, we'll get back to our conversation with Cliff here in just a second. But first, we are so grateful that vaccinations for COVID-19 are underway. Unfortunately, while there's light at the end of the tunnel, infection rates and hospitalizations are at an all-time high across the country. In California, some hospitals are turning away patients or threatening to ration care. While we're nearing the finish line for this brutal pandemic, getting there means staying safe. For the foreseeable future, only respirator face masks provide real protection from transmission. Unfortunately, the huge demand and limited supply of respirators means we are flooded with fakes and counterfeits that do almost nothing. Well, right now, the New Deal Shop.com has FDA-authorized KN95 respirator masks with anti-fraud labeling on every single package that can be verified right on the manufacturer's website. They're tested in the United States by the NPPTL and provide the most significant level of protection. Their respirator masks are in stock in the U.S. and ship immediately for free. Go to thenewdealshop.com now and get verified, authenticated, FDA-authorized N95 masks shipped immediately to your home or business. That's thenewdealshop.com. The New Deal Shop.com. Go now. Izier, that is A I S I E R. What is it? Luxurious modern sleepwear for the independent woman. Their sleepwear is made from 100% washable silk. Oh, silk is known to reduce skin surface moisture loss and limit skin irritation. Best of all, it's comfortable, so lightweight, it feels like a second skin. It'll keep you warm in the winter and cool in the summer with a fabric that loves your skin all year round and in every type of weather. Wearing silk to sleep is simply therapy at night. Izier is owned by an amazing woman, a single mom. Their products are made right here in California. You can feel good about supporting a small business delivering high-quality products. Now is the perfect time. Treat yourself or a loved one to something extra special to sleep and lounge in during Izier's Valentine's sale. Go to shopizier.com slash discount slash Stephanie. Use the discount code Stephanie, 10% off your order. That's shop, A-I-S-I-E-R.com slash discount slash Stephanie. Use that code Stephanie for 10% off your order. The Bob Seska Show. Well, one of the biggest challenges, Cliff, is the fact that so much of the criticism that we're discussing right now has... A lot less to do with politics than what it seems. I think this has everything to do with Americanism and democracy. It has very little to do with political partisanship. Opposition to Donald Trump, I think, had little to do with political partisanship. Certainly there was an element of opposition when it came to issues like immigration and, and race and so on. But for the most part, I think the opposition for Donald Trump was driven by oh, this is just not right. We can't have this in a democracy. This is, he's destroying everything that we've built over the last 250 years, whatever it is. And so I think a lot of people end up confusing and saying, oh yes, well, this is just a political witch hunt. Well, it's not a political witch hunt. The same goes with uh, the continued opposition now when it comes to guys like Josh Hawley or Lauren Boebert. It's not just that they're Republicans and they believe in things that are ass backwards that are not informed by facts and logic. It's about how they could just completely disregard the values that we apparently have cherished in this country for, well, since the founding. This is what they try to do, right? I mean, the right tries to put everything into a partisan framework yeah. because that's the only way they can win. If they make something partisan, you must be doing it because we're Republicans mm-hmm. as opposed to you're doing it because Donald Trump, we, we, we a dem- democracy cannot exist at, with no democratic culture. Yeah. Study history. Anybody can. You can see where, where sort of democracies have turned to authoritarian, you know, leftism, if you want to call it that, whatever you want to call China, mm-hmm. you know, and, and where, where, where the communists took over or they've turned to much more often far right. Um, you know, movements, obviously, the one that comes the ones that come to mind easily are Italy and, and Germany, but plenty of other countries have Chile and others. And you, you know what I mean? And, and often a big part of how that's able to happen is that the democratic culture from demagogue by demagogues in the media and politics, it's eroded. Yeah. It, you know, the, this kind of divisiveness is created so that you, so people hate, you know, and that's what they lead with. And they don't think about working together. They don't think about that. We can work things out mm. in a way together, you know? And so it, 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 when you've got a Donald Trump and a Josh Hawley and a Ted Cruz, I mean, you know, I can prove very easily, that I'm not motivated by partisan politics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know I loathe the living fuck out of Jim Inhofe, for example, <laughs> but I'm not asking for him to be kicked out of the Senate. Yeah, 
right? <laughs> right. I mean, he's a dumb asshole who brought a snowball onto the floor of the set and said, see, there's no global warming. He's a fucking moron. But do, do, did he stand up and threaten our democracy? No. So as much as I loathe him and think he's a clown, I don't think he should be removed. That's a whole different story from, you know, Cruz and Hawley, who are people I also equally loathe, except for they threatened our democracy. Exactly. You know, and, and, and that's the difference. Twitter announced today that Trump's ban from that social media platform is permanent, even if he runs for president again. And my question for you, Cliff, is say you're Donald Trump and you've got this gigantic movement of people who are just waiting for you to step down off the mountain and (laughs) deliver your Ten Commandments to the world or whatever. You're waiting for the next (laughs) order in terms of your new marching orders from your generalissimo. And how do you talk and communicate with your uh, fanboys without having the convenience of social media, which he is clearly not going to get back for, well, f- forever. That's It's gone. I mean, we we got to start with the fact that he's much more likely to come down off of the mount, you know, with a bucket of fried chicken. than <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, no, I, I think it's, it is really difficult. Look at the study that was... Who, was, who did that study? Damn, I can't remember. But that showing that disinformation had gone down something like 73% after oh, yeah. Trump was kicked off of all these platforms and yep. Bannon was kicked off of some of them. I mean, that that's the thing is, is that we can't ever make this stuff perfect, but we can actually do a lot to limit disinformation within our democracy. You know, it doesn't mean we have to become, uh, you know, we have to shut down free speech. We have plenty of free speech and we still have rules around where that speech goes somewhere where it's dangerous for us. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, bribery bribery would be legal. <laughs> sexual harassment would be legal. Child porn would be legal. Really, pretty much all the stuff that Trump staffers do would be yeah. legal. <laughs> right. um, so, I mean, so, I mean, you know, I, but, I mean, when it comes to Twitter with him, I mean, it, it, there's no doubt as if disinformation goes down that much, clearly the dude had a, has a huge impact on Twitter. Right. Also on Facebook, who I think took him down, now what, they've got some committee of i don't even know who you know who are supposed to discuss whether they're let them on those two places um you know uh wasn't he kicked off if he ever wanted to go on tiktok was he kicked off there too which i guess where you'd reach a younger generation of folks or snapchat i think they all kicked him off yeah pinterest pinterest kicked him off too like no one even uses pinterest and pinterest is done with trump we can't learn about his his great recipes for overcooked steak i'm very sad um but I mean, yeah, Pinterest. I like Shopify. Right. Some really awesome ones that kicked them off that were pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll never understand how Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, and Laura Ingram avoided that form of comeuppance. They somehow were able to walk through the raindrops and get away with it. But um, now, fast forwarding, this is the last question before I let you go, Cliff. I noticed today that uh, Joe Biden delivered remarks about the military coup in Myanmar. It's worth noting. That our previous president, Donald Trump, when asked about Myanmar, said, where is that exactly? I'm not making that up. That's how (laughs) that was Donald Trump's response. Yes, because he was meeting with refugees and uh, someone said, is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, it was in the Oval Office. And someone asked him, you know, what are you going to do about the genocide in Myanmar? And he had (laughs) he responded, where is that exactly? He had no idea. And uh, yeah, and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were meeting with the Pentagon today at the Pentagon about the military coup in Myanmar. So that gives you kind of a look in terms of just the vast difference, the chasmic difference between where we are now and where we were just, uh, you know, less than a month ago. It seems staggering uh, that. Right. Yeah. Well, all those things that aren't about just Democratic versus Republican politics. Mm-hmm. All the things that that decent leaders do, you know, all all the little things, uh, you know, going and paying respects to the officer who lost his life at the Capitol, you know, uh, in the in the attack, mm-hmm. and you know, little things like that, offering condolences when people that have impacted our politics or culture die, like the things, the kinds of things where decency and and sort of engagement were used to from that office that just disappeared for four years. And, and really just was sort of uh, fell into a, a kind of 
you know, uh, uh, fell into the place where it was just Donald Trump looking and saying, is this something I can profit off of? <laughs> I can't. OK, fuck it. I'm not yeah. going to say anything about it. <laughs> That's right. You know, um, I mean, it just again, the, the democratic rituals as part of maintaining that democratic culture are important, too. And so just, yeah, the different world we're in in terms of our democracy, but also in terms of hopefully saving some lives in Myanmar, mm-hmm. you know, stopping the repression in some form. You know, there's not obviously it's not that easy and there's not probably we don't probably have a million options of what we can do. But just acknowledging it, discussing it, you know, making it public, educating people, all these things inevitably tend to help, you know. That's and right. So having somebody who is doing what's best for us, but also you know, the, the world in that way. Mm. Uh, I mean, it is it's such a breath of fresh air. I'll just say, you know, just the fact that I except for things like that. Like, you know, Joe Biden paying his respects mm-hmm. at his funeral or Joe Biden going to, you know, and Kamala Harris going to, to the Pentagon to talk about Myanmar. The fact that outside of those things, I don't hear anything about them. No bitching, no crying, no, like, I should have gotten the Emmy. No, like, you know, stuff like that. I'm richer than everybody else. I mean, it's like such a breath of fresh air. It really is. Like, I, I just, I don't need to know every thought that's in my president's head. And, you know, I lied before. I have one more question for you, Cliff. Um, what are the chances? <laughs> what are the chances that a permanent majority of Americans are going to see the Democratic Party as the governing party moving forward? And I'm not just talking about nationally. I'm talking about the state and local level, too. I mean, what are the odds of, of gaining some sort of permanent majority for the Democratic Party as kind of the American Party, uh, which is kind of how it feels. You know, it doesn't it it seems that the Democrats um, have this real serious opportunity to frame themselves as the American Party. And it's not just framing. It's something that's backed up by observation and facts, by actual behavior and policy and so on. Seems like that might be a trend. Is, Is am I being ridiculous? Am I being too idealistic or are we moving in that direction you're not there's obviously still big problems with misinformation there's whole swaths of rural areas that are not open to even listening to the message that we have to share even if it's it's on economic issues that would help Mm -hmm. uh so i'm not you know but i don't it's not going to be as easy as uh, in, in in every place as it is in some but there's just no doubt um that you you've probably read some of these articles or at least seen some of them that you know, they'll they'll be like 8,000 people in Colorado have re-registered from Republican to Democrat or independent since the Capitol siege. And I mean, I've seen these things everywhere, North Carolina and places where, where there's people just running away from the Republican party uh, because of, of, and now it's worse when, when you see what the Senate is doing right now and, Mm. and this video, and you know, so the messaging is important. I think the messaging about you need both sides of it. And they're seeing how one side, how awful the Republicans are, with everything since that, the Capitol insurrection, a whole other level of awful, you know, worse than Donald Trump, which I didn't know we could get there, uh, than just regular Trump. But the Democrats have used the positive stuff. Biden has to still keep speaking about, you know, bringing people together and doing our best, which, but you know, which and, and putting the policy proposals out there that will do that. You know, there may be a bunch of elite Washington folks in, in, in uh, Republicans in the House and the Senate who don't give a shit about good policy and would rather demagogue because they're worried about primaries. But you see something like I saw today where 83 percent of people in Texas support this this covid stimulus bill and only 17 percent opposed. Well, majority of Republicans support it. Mm-hmm. So Biden is bringing the actual people together. Yeah. And I think that's key that they, they've learned from Obama, you know, where Obama made the mistake of wanting too much to work with Republicans, even at the expense of getting stuff done quickly. Uh, and I don't blame him. I, I get it. He was Jackie Robinson in a lot of ways. and There were a lot of other challenges. But I think the Biden people who were there have learned from that. And so I think there's a large group of people who are leaving the Republican Party right now, horrified by it, and they're up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And right. if we do what I'm seeing right now, I hope we can keep doing it, which is, you know what, Republicans, we want to hear from you guys. Mitt Romney comes out with a child care proposal that's actually half decent. We'll work with you, you know, which Romney did. I'll give him credit mm-hmm. um, and, and whatever. But when it comes to this important bill, we'll we'll make some changes. We'll take, you know, 10, 20, whatever percent of what you guys want. But we're not slowing it down. We're not giving you like a Tea Party summer like we did in 2009. We're, we're passing it. And if we have to do a reconciliation without you, we will. That's right. So come on, and I think the effects of that will be so profound 
because there's so much that's necessary in this bill from funding state and local governments that are just starved of funds with, you know, their tax base crashing with businesses collapsing, uh, you know, and getting people back to work and getting past the, the virus. I think we could be in a place where with the exception, you know, look, there's going to be a dozen states and, and some localities within states that's going to be very, you know, very rural places. They're going to be very hard for us to win over no matter what, but yeah. there's sort of majority party in the vast majority of states, uh, yes, I do think that's very doable. If we keep pushing forward with the positive and keep pointing out how awful they are. So <laughs> how shocked were you when you noticed Cleta Mitchell as part of Donald Trump's Stop the Steal legal team? Were you blown away? Was this like, oh, my God, I can't believe she's doing best that. Friend. <laughs> That's your best um, friend. And then she got fired from her law firm. Every time Cleta Mitchell <laughs> pops up, like, you know, every time something happens, an angel gets their wings. Every time Cleta Mitchell pops up, Cliff Schechter gets 500 new Twitter followers. <laughs> the way it works. I mean, she's like, she's like, I should just hire her to do my PR. <laughs> she's literally part of the, the single best public moment I've probably ever had. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I should, I mean, I was shocked when I saw her pop up, but man, she's like a, she's like a freaking seditionist Forrest Gump. You know, she pops up. Is there sedition going on? Yeah. She's legally, she was, she was, the, she was on the board of the NRA when they're busy inviting Russian spies in to come hang out. You know, she, she was working with these right wing groups like family, you know, prayer breakfast. Came, we researched, you know, counseled others that, that were seeing themselves infiltrated by either Russians or right-wing, you know, pretty much Timothy McVeigh-ish extremists. You know, like, again, yeah. she's like a Forrest Gump of nutterance. <laughs> so was I shocked to see her pop up there? No, because it seemed really pretty much to fit her resume. Uh, I, I guess I'm a little surprised again and again at how stupid she actually is yeah. to want to tie herself to all this garbage. Uh -huh. um, and again, I just would like to thank her, because every time she opens her mouth and does something stupid like that, uh, you know, a video of me goes goes slightly viral again. So I'd yeah. like to thank her personally. And I always hold out hope that she actually sees when, you know, she pops up in the news and then notices that there are like a thousand tweets about your takedown of her from 14 or now 15 years ago. Uh, yeah, I wonder if yep. that haunts her. Because if I were her, I oh so. man, I would never get over that. I'd have nightmares perpetually. I'd have like post-traumatic stress from, <laughs> from that cable <laughs> news appearance. Holy shit! Well, you well, are. You deserve credit, Bob. Uh, oh well. You you put that up. You you put that video out there every time it comes back up. So I'd like to thank you. <laughs> I I'm <laughs> in, eternally impressed by that takedown. That was a thing of beauty. Absolutely. The uh, the show the show is called the Unprecedented Podcast on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Sexyliberal.com. Cliff, where uh, where can people find you on Patreon? Your podcast. Uh, so it is. You'd think that I would come ready with that kind of information. <laughs> I think I know it. I'm just leaving uh, it up to you. It's patreon.com slash it's patreon.com slash unprecedented pod, I think is the uh, website address. Yeah, I, that's what I was worried about. If I was going to just say unprecedented and get it wrong, <laughs> unprecedented podcast. Yes, you are correct. It's, it's patreon. It's unprecedented pod. We're at, you know, we're at unprecedented pod also on uh, the Twitter machine. Um, I'm at Cliff Schechter. If you want to come, uh, or it's at Unprecedent Pod, excuse me, on the Twitter machine. Um, I'm at Cliff Schechter, and, you know, come check us out. Yeah. We have fun, like Bob does, except for we also have to point out that there are a lot of assholes out there. That's so, right, yeah. You know, it's a little bit of both. And by the way, it's the misspelling of unprecedented, just to be clear about that. Um, link in the yeah, description. It's, it's yeah, it's the Donald Trump. We were going for a little of that double entendre. It's a, it's a, it's a Donald Trump... Uh, uh, you know, when he said that something was unprecedented, you That's know, right. spelled like president, uh, <laughs> we're like, well, it gets to make fun of him that he's a moron, and hopefully we'd like to unprecedent him. So it felt like it fit. Are we ever going to find out who was misspelling all those things on those official White House documents? I think I still think someone was trolling Donald Trump. It'd be nice to know what was going on behind the scenes. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. I'd love to know that, you know, because, I mean, again, we did see, like, these goobers up there arguing his case in the Senate, I mean, it's possible that they're just that dumb. I mean, he does, <laughs> you know, promote the hell out of sycophants and, and not really care. But but I do have to be tempted to believe also that maybe someone was messing with him. I hope yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. Well, my friend, thank you so much. It was great talking with you again, and we'll uh, definitely get you on uh, again real soon. 
That would be awesome. I always always love talking to you, Bob. Thanks so much. Dude. Take take care. Best of John Aravosis too. I will I will extend that. Okay. And thanks so much, Kimberly, for me. All right, you bet. Thanks so much, take my care, friend. Bye bye. Bye. Imagine this Valentine's Day story is you. You're parked outside the restaurant where you're meeting your date in 10 minutes. Glancing in the mirror, you cringe. Not on Valentine's Day. You can't go in with those bags under your eyes, not to mention crow's feet. You rummage through your purse saying, please tell me I have my plexiderm with me. And bingo, there it is. You apply the clear serum under your eyes and smile confidently, knowing that in minutes you'll look fresh, bright-eyed, and years younger. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in just minutes. It's the Valentine's Day gift you give yourself. You can try a six-day, six-application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit buyplx.com or call 800-685-1292 and say the code VOICES. This order also comes with free shipping and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Make those wrinkles, lines, and under-eye bags disappear with Plexiderm. Visit buyplx.com or call 800-685-1292 and say the code VOICES at checkout. Thank you.